Welcome back to the Lions Cave. I can't believe we're here. It's happened. The Detroit Lions are going to the NFC Championship game to face the 49ers. We've always talked about how, you know, how our Lions fandom has went. We all know the history. We don't need to go into it again. It's here. They beat the Bucks 31-23. I don't want to waste any more time talking about it. We'll get all of our thoughts. I want to hear from you. Justin, it is good to see you, man. I just I just got two questions for you really quick. Number one, this is real life, right? This this is real, right? Can confirm. I, okay, just making sure I got a pulse. Okay, we're good. Um, this is nothing we're doing in Madden, right? This is not this is not a Madden franchise. No, that's not a Madden this, franchise. This is not, I'm not dreaming this. Okay. Don't get me off this ride, please. I don't want to get off the ride just yet. I want to enjoy it. Man, I keep I keep going back to what you said, enjoying the ride. And it's like, man, you, you even said it last night. You're watching the end of the Chiefs-Bills game. And then they put the graphic up, you know, for conference champion, you know, for championship Sunday. And you look on there and the Lions are on that graphic. That's surreal. That's crazy to think about, especially where we were about this time last year. I don't even think we were thinking about that. Like, man, by next year, we're going to be in the NFC Championship. We weren't even thinking that. We were thinking, let's get into the playoffs. Let's see how we can grow. Maybe win a division title. But now, now we're here. Now we're in the Final Four. And it's like, man, one of the biggest days of the year in the NFL championship Sunday, and it doesn't get any better than this. So we'll obviously get into it a little bit more. And I know we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to that, but let's get into it. Lions win 31, 23. They knock off the bucks. They're in the NFC championship game. They win two playoff games where, you know, since they won an NFL championship, they had won one. So this is, Justin, I'm going to use the phrase. It's a cliche, but I'll say it. This is a team of destiny we are watching right now. We've got the perfect head coach to lead it. We got the right QB, the right players. I mean, probably going to get asked all week, but I'll say it. This is a team of destiny. And I, you know, one thing, my mom was talking to my uncle, and it was something that he had said to her, and I love this. He said, destiny cannot be overlooked. I really liked how he said that phrase, and I wanted to bring that up. I was like, oh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that in the podcast. But let me get you into my thoughts here as far as this game goes. Number one, to start it off, Justin, I I don't know how much more we could talk about with this rookie class. They've been on another level this year. I feel like we've talked about that with the last two draft classes Brad Holmes has had. But this 2023 class, especially, I'll call them the core four. You know, in baseball terms, the New York Yankees, they had a core four. And it eludes me off the top of my head, but I can see it. I think it was Derek Jeter, Corey Posada, Mariano Rivera, and I think it was, I want to say Bernie Williams, but I could be wrong. But the Lions, this is like a core four that they have with, you know, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, and Brian Branch. And you look at this game in particular. Brian Brandt, he made some plays there. Had, 
you know, some big tackles in the backfield. Jameer Gibbs, that huge touchdown run, almost blew the roof off the place at Ford Field. So there was there. Jack Campbell, I think we saw him bits and pieces. And then Sam Laporta, on one good leg, by the way, is going out there and he's making plays. I mean, it's impressive what he's been able to do. And we got to continue to give Brad Holmes his flowers. And we mentioned it last week, how if you think about his first three drafts, we said about, what, 99.5% of his picks have hit. Now, for most GMs, you're looking at, what, maybe 70 80% you'd like your picks to hit. But on this level, this is, this is like winning the lottery kind of luck. And, man, it's not just Brad. You have to credit the scouts. You have to credit Mike Disner, which, by the way, got some news Saturday night. Mike Disner, the Lions COO, withdrew his name from the Carolina Panthers general manager job. They did hire a GM today. They just stayed in-house and hired Dan Morgan. So kind of glad Mike Disner did that. Um, And I know you've talked about he is so valuable as far as that front office goes and as far as like our finances. And I've always said he is such an instrumental part of that, mending the relationship with Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson said that today on the Levitard show with Stu Gatz. Uh, He was on there and he said, Mike Disner was a big part in getting him back into that. And I'm sure he said that on other interviews as well. And I just real quick, don't forget about Ray Agnew. I mean, Ray Agnew, John Dorsey, remember a former general manager too, guy that had helped turn around two organizations and he's come in. He's been like great expertise. He's been able to bring. So the front office staff, the scouts that Brad's put together has been big and it's just that brain trust. And then, you know, with what they've been able to do, it's incredible. So you guys ever get the chance. And especially in April, I love what inside the den does. And we always wait for when the draft happens. It's like, Hey, you want to get that access inside the you know you want to get access inside the war room as they call it because you want to see like how brad's brain works but that that that's far ahead we got to talk about right now and a lot of credit to this group i'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do going into the senate championship game and remember brad got ridiculed you know saying his draft picks were not as great boy he's got the last lap (laughs) and no people he did not when he went to celebrate in the elevator, it was not like last week. He he kept his component. You saw him a little bit get excited, but it wasn't like what we saw. I want to go to the offense to bring up point number two of uh, my discussion. Once again, Justin, good news. They didn't turn the ball over. I've been very critical of this team. We've got to stop turning the ball over. Man, two games, it's like, man, they've done a great job protecting it. Jared Goff. Didn't throw any interceptions. Second game in a row, he's been doing it, man. When they've asked him to go make big throws, bam, he has gone and made them. You know, going back, watching, just seeing the highlights, that third and 15 he threw to Amon Ross St. Brown. That was, I tell you what, the slant play to Amon Ross to win it against the Rams was impressive. That one was even more impressive because it's like you are backed up in your own end very much. We know how stingy Tampa's defense is. We knew that coming into this game. And for Jared to make that throw, because Tampa was bringing a lot of pressure, that was huge. The two touchdowns, that first one to Reynolds where nobody's around him, gets open. Then you go to Amon Ross St. Brown, 
When you're up by seven, you really got to put it away. Great throw he was able to put in there. And then the play to Brock Wright on third and one, and everybody's saying it. Man, that throw looked very familiar to Brock Wright, and it did. The Jets game last year, third and one or fourth and one, they run a play action, and Brock Wright scored. So it was awesome to see Ben Johnson kind of go back and, like, all right, let's see what we could bring up, and knowing how to confuse that Tampa defense. So kudos to them on that. Number three, for the second week in a row, that fourth field crowd, I tell you what, last week, they brought it. 133.6 decibels last week, Justin. That was the record for the loudest a game has been at Fort Field. Now, I don't know if it's going to match it, but I tell you what, the pop from those touchdowns, but more importantly, those two interceptions was amazing. I think they're probably going to have to reinforce the roof at Fort Field. They're going to have to find a way to do that, especially after one of the interceptions. And, you know, once we found that out Saturday night, hey, San Francisco is going to host the NFC Championship. You knew the fans had to come in with everything. Bring it all on the line. Last game at Fort Field, you got to make it count. And everybody did. And for that, I say thank you as I tip my cap. How cool was that moment for Derek Barnes? <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a guy who has certainly been through it all. He, he did an interview today with Kay Adams on her show, and I have to go back and watch it. But I think he had brought up how much that play against Dallas, I think it was still there where he had a chance to sack Dak, and, and then Prescott just threw it deep. Boy, that was vindication. And Derek talked about it a bit. He talked about how, and Chef, I think, had brought this up too, how that was like one of the best moments, like as a coach, you felt. Like the preparation and all that. And Derek talked about when he broke the play down, how much Chef had been talking about, hey, this is what they might do. And Derek read the play about as beautifully as he could. The post-game locker room speech, him getting the game ball, but him giving it to the linebackers, and who's the first guy that was right there to hug him? Is Alex Anzalone. That was special. And you could see how much Alex is a leader. For Derek to have that moment was incredible. But I hope he keeps that football. Matter of fact, put it up on the mantle and hold on to it. My last point, this is one I'm proud of. Justin, it was on January 21st, 2021, Dan Campbell was introduced as Lions coach. And the whole situation about biting kneecaps. And everybody, oh, they like that fun with it. And here we go. Three years later, January 21st, 2024, the Detroit Lions win the divisional round to go to the NFC Championship game. You would have told me that three years ago. I'd have said, this is a pipe dream. I, I just said, whoa. I, I said, first thing we got to do is get talent. First thing we got to do is really fix this roster. I mean, if we were in Madden, yeah, i consider it. There's a lot of things that had to go right, and it has. This fan base deserves it. This city deserves it. And the fact that we are now America's team, okay, us, this isn't the Dallas Cowboys anymore. And I think somebody put a picture on from the New York Post, and they always do like the big picture. Well, on the top part, there's a little bar that says, the Lions are America's team. It just feels good. For a long time, we were the punching bag. Now everybody wants it because when you have a coach like Campbell who's so likable, when you have a team and it's like, man, my favorite player is, you can't name just one. You name like two or three guys you really like. I'm starting to get 2006 Tigers vibes all over again. Like, it's amazing. Nobody thought 
we'd be in this position, except those guys in that room. They all did. Think about this. Dan Campbell's first game as a head coach in regular season for the Lions was against the 49ers. See how full circle everything's coming here? That's the thing. And remember, we lost, we were getting blown out by him. People thought, man, this is this regime's gonna stink. They didn't quit. You saw it early on, that grit. They fought back and they lost that game. I think the leading receiver that day was Quintez Cephas. Boy, that tells you how desperate things were back then. Look where we're at right now with Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, David Montgomery, and Jameer Gibbs, and Sam Porta, and the O-line. The O-line doing its thing. We'll talk about that O-line. Got a couple things we need to get to on that. Man, here we are. The Final Four. Doesn't get any better than that. I've rambled on too long. I, I have. So I'll turn it over to you. I'll let you go with your thoughts. Absolutely not. That's the, You get the first segment of, of thoughts. I get the next one. It's how we roll on the Lionscape podcast. And I loved your points. Couldn't agree more. What we're experiencing right now, let's just soak it in. Let's be happy. I told a commenter on Dan Campbell's press conference uh, today to be happy because his comment was, sign some help for the defense. Dude, the defense just ended this game. People, we need to be happy and we need to enjoy the moment. No matter how it ends, no matter when it ends, let's just enjoy and be happy. You know, I've told you this a million times. Sorry to cut you off. You realize it. Don't read the comments. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not only that, you realize (laughs) if we win two Super Bowls, people are still going to find a way to complain. That's just how it is. People people are still going to find something. They're still going to throw those same three letters out. I just had to. And I I, want it to be buried. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm the game ended with Derek Barnes intercepting the ball and we need defensive playmakers and CJ Gardner Johnson got a pick. Hutch is getting sad. I'll talk about it. And people are going to say, Justin, you're reading the YouTube comments. Why do you do that to yourself? Stop. I'm literally going to tell you the same, but it's (laughs) I need to do it with social media. Stop going on during games. I know. Like I need to stop going on. This was after I thought, man, nothing, but I want to see the love. I want to see the love. It's the same reason I put on a little bit of sports radio each day after a win, just to hear the, and then, and then I'm like, Oh, I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, let me get to my thoughts. Uh, I want to talk about, I don't know if you've been getting this sack, but the butterflies that have been coming in the pit of my stomach these last two playoff games, I'm not used to it being so nervous at the beginning of these games. I, I get really nervous. Like, I'm just like, and then once the game gets going, I start watching and I'm I'm good for the most part. Then I get nervous, you know, and it just depends on what's going on in the game. Nervous at times during this game, especially that first part of that first quarter. And then at halftime, I was like, ah, oh, this game's tied. And then when it was 17, 17, I'm like, oh, we're tied again. <laughs> like, you know, so just playoff football. We need to get used to it because we're going to, we're going to be there, baby. We're not going anywhere. More so for me, it's like, okay, the second half, like, like the end of the first half going into the, like the second halves. And then the third quarters have been our worst enemy this year. And it's like, man, can we just do something? Like yeah, do, they've been getting better in those third quarters, yeah. by the way. It hasn't been terrible. This week, this week especially, I this probably was one of their best third quarters they've had all year, including regular season. Well, I love it. It's nerve-wracking, but I love it because I love that we're here. Can we talk about Josh Reynolds and how big he's been in these playoffs? 
the trust level with Jared Goff, obviously we know why. And it's a joke now in the Lionsgate podcast of why. Almost Brown likes to say it. He's kind of their security blanket. And I agree with him. I think it, it's it's good to have him out there. Really like what he's doing. Sam Laporta. Remember, we were thinking, is this guy going to play last week? He had a drive where he just could not be stopped. You love to see it. And then, I mean, yeah, it was too high for him, but I'm like, man, can you imagine if he brought that one-handed catch down? That would have been sick. Uh, that was in the end zone there. That St. Brown touchdown. Woo! And a laser by Jared Goff. So I didn't know this. He mocked Baker Mayfield with the touchdown dance. Amon Ra did because it's a it's a TD dance that Baker did at the rookie premiere back in 2018. So I don't know how Amon Ra found it, but I was like, I was like, okay. These players are chirpy. And I like that. I like the little spice that we got there. Like I said, I, I told you I listened to a little bit of sports radio. There was a caller that did not like the spiciness, certainly of Kirby Joseph. Uh, she didn't like that he was she was he was kind of standing over the player, borderline taunting. Uh, but you know what? I like the little spice. I'm not gonna lie. Don't go overboard with it. What, what would what would he have thought of CJ Gardner Johnson doing this when he yeah. got the pick? He flipped the football back to Baker Mayfield. What was it? What would have yeah. been his thoughts on that? That was some Twitter beef. I'm gonna talk about that a little in a little bit as well. In Gibbs, what Gibbs did, boy, was he a difference maker in this game. And I told you last week. He didn't play in week six. What a difference. Seemed like our running game was better in the gladiators. I'll say it, gladiators. That might be a cliche that we have on this O-line. Frank Ragnow, we'll talk about him throughout this, but to come back off of that injury, you know he was hurting. We lost Jonah Jackson. You're thinking, oh, no, our O-line has imploded. But then Frank comes back in. And and give Coyote some credit. He played really well, if that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to call him what Dan Campbell calls him, Yodi. Oh, I like that. Yeah. There we so go. So Yodi, Yodi, he played well. I know he got some pressure, and the stats show that he, he got a lot of pressures on him. Give him some practice time. Let's hope. And, you know. Next man up mentality, it's just how it has to be at this level. And number 16, he is planting himself to the hearts of these fans. And after what he did last week, to follow that up this week, you know, he had one play that could have been an interception. You're like, whoa, but, you know, thankfully, Bucks dropped it. Other than that, he was money. Yes, and I know there was some missed money, just absolute money. That that laser to same the awareness of St. Brown. St. Brown had a drop early. You knew that that he was going to come back and 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 be firing on all cylinders. Let's not forget about Craig Reynolds getting in on the fun. That's a Brad Holmes find. It's important to know that and dan campbell says this all the time he wouldn't be anywhere without brad holmes without and he lists everybody and the humbleness of of dan is is what i think most lions fans love about him is and he'll tell you straight up that he fit he he screwed up he said he they mishandled the 
the last drive before the Barnes pick on the clock management. You know, he obviously he thinks that there should have been some runs in there too because they were a little pass happy on that last drive. You know, when we could have clearly had him waste a timeout and you know and. You were imposing your will in the running game at that point, too. So maybe there's something to that. I think they obviously clearly feel that St. Brown is the best player on the team. Hard to argue. Wow, we have a lot of people <laughs> vying for that. And I mean, maybe give it to one of your, you know, give it to the hot hand and Gibbs. Maybe he gets a, you know, a first down there. But, you know, I, I'm not even, I'm not nitpicking. I'm just saying that's what Campbell said. I, I, I could. I was happy to, to okay. Let's see if the defense can get a stop, and and thankfully, you know, that happened. So let's switch it over to the defensive side of the ball. I kind of this is how I did it last week. I want to stick with that. Man, AG has been blitzing like crazy, and I am here for it. Who got the sacks off the edge in the in the uh, backfield? We're talking Branch, Iffy, Hutch got in there. You told me Germ had a half a second. I remember that play and Jerm was playing some defense. Uh, and, and that's amazing to see Jalen Reese Maiman, somebody from the old regime who came, who, who left and came back, you know, you know, he was part of that old guard. And, and all those sacks, by the way, Tampa Bay didn't block anybody. Yeah. Very, and you're just like, would you think they pick up on that? And Guys just got it was unabated to Baker. It was just Hutch, yeah, Hutch coming clear. It was that it was beautiful to see. It was, you know, iffy coming on has been I think probably the story of the year defensively. One of them at least. And I, I would say especially more so this back half of the season. Yeah. More so December. You gotta start. It was that Chicago that second Chicago game till now. He's come into his own. If we're looking at why we're here defensively, he's gotta be part of it. I want to talk about one of my favorite moments after that amazing last play. And I'll hear Dan Miller's call. It's going to live in infamy forever. The Derek Barnes, Derek Barnes and uh, calls of the game just came out. I don't know if you saw that right before we started recording. So if you haven't checked that out when we're done, it's awesome. One of my favorite moments is Hutch just taking it all in and really being in the moment. That's so cool to see. Every broadcast is going to say it. He's the hometown kid. You know, he played for Michigan. He he's now a Detroit Lion. He you know, born and raised in that area. For him to see that, this is a guy that came to Ford Field games. I'm sure when it was empty, and for now when he was a kid, and now he's seeing it, and he's one of the main causes of why we're a better football team. And yeah, and I know I gush and talk about him all the time because yeah, he's probably one of my favorite players uh, right now. But to see that moment, they're just soaking it in. Football players' careers go by so fast. Like so, it's for him to, you know, yeah, he's and he's young. He'll and God willing, he's going to have a long, lustrous career. But it's good to soak in the moment, just like we need to soak in the moment. They need to soak in this moment. I mean, we, there's someone we haven't really talked about. The alumni for the Lions, your Glover Quins, your your Golden Tates, your uh, Carry on Johnson. I've you know I've seen. I think he. I don't know. Did he? I think he might have went to the game last week. Uh, he he yeah. went to the one against the Rams, but yeah. uh, he talked about that. I mean, you see Calvin. You know, obviously Calvin's going to be up there. But yeah. Steven Tolick was at the game last week. 
we're seeing all of these alumni, good Lions players who, you know, were just part of those teams that were good. They just didn't get to this level. Good, not great. I should I say, you know, that that's that's a really good way to say it. You know, not to this level. I mean, that twenty a lot of those twenty fourteen players too. You yeah. know that that almost won a playoff game, and are seeing, you know, and yeah, the some of them had success on other teams. Like Golden Tate had already won a Super Bowl, but he wants the city to be happy. Even Endamic and Sue said something, and I hope he can have a good relationship because he was really a good lion. He was, and it stunk they never could resign him. Well, and I think with Hutch, I, I love how you said it. Him taking it in. When is the next time you're ever going to get this opportunity? Hopefully we're like the Chiefs, where we're making six conference championships in a row. Maybe we'll be that. But it's like, man, you think about it. Guys, there's guys that that have never been to a Super Bowl. You know, they're great players that have never been to a Super Bowl. You know, you think about guys that, man, they, they never win a playoff game. They don't know what it tastes like. They don't know what it feels like. For him to have that moment, I give NBC a lot of credit. Because that shot was amazing. And you yeah. could see the emotion in his face. Just like you said, he was probably going there with people had paper bags on their heads. You know, you didn't want to watch. You're just like, look, I'll just go to go. And tickets were cheap. And people are just trying to get rid of them. Now you're the hottest thing. People people are doing everything they can to get tickets. Right now, the hottest ticket in Detroit is the Lions. And that's how it's going to be this next year. I, I mean, they just put this out on X as we're recording here. They're doing a watch party for Sunday at Ford Field. That thing sold out. That's amazing because they just put that up and now it's sold out. That just tells you how much people they want to see us. To the to those who are going to make the trip to Santa Clara, man, God bless you. We know that there will be the diehards will go. We know that. Yeah. But, but if you're the ones that are going to Fort Field, man, man, have a great time. Man, enjoy it. Because that's the one thing I wish I could be part of that environment, but just not this year, unfortunately. But no, no, but it's let's enjoy it. You know, maybe we'll make that next step. And speaking of people on uh, Twitter talking, uh, our Deadpool, Ducey, CJ Gardner Johnson, whatever you want to call him, uh, he had a nice little celebrate, you know, celebration tweet and showed some love to the city and to the team. And having his caliber of player uh, believe in this team and sign in the offseason, you know, is why we're in this position too. Uh, he trusts the vision of, of Brad and Dan. And I'd love to see it, even if he goes somewhere else uh, when this season wraps up. Uh, I'll always appreciate him for coming to Detroit this year. He did get in a little feud with Baker and uh, just don't do it. Don't get in a feud with him, man, because you'll lose every time and you'll get a ball flipped back at you. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can uh, pick off Purdy. And those are my thoughts, man. You know, two other, you talk about alumni. I forgot to mention this. You know, two other guys who talked about seeing the success for Detroit? A couple of our favorites, Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs. Think about those guys for a moment. The previous regime wanted nothing to do with those guys. I think Quandre's won one playoff game since he's been to Seattle. Slay got to go to a Super Bowl. Sucks they couldn't win it, but it's like, man, and... Now yeah. you're seeing those guys. So two, guy, two guys that I wish could be a part of this moment, but you know, oh for sure, no that question. Stuff happens. It. This is the NFL, but I love this team and how it's constructed right now. I do love how Dan said it. This it, it, it's a terrible business, but he he used another colorful word. So I 
and he's I just like we do a pretty good job though. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. It's the divisional rounds football plan due to the week, man. So for this week, I'm going with Iffy. Nine total tackles, six of them solo, a tackle for a loss. He had one and a half sacks proven to be the difference. I mean, this guy, just wherever they line him up, they just find a way to utilize him in so many big ways. So shout out to AG. Big shout out, though, to Frank Ragnow. And as Campbell said, and I, I think Brian Matthews. Hold on, hold on. Trade. Let's just say he's your co-football playing dude of the week. He is the co-football playing dude of the week. He is. Uh, and I just love they clipped it. Frank's a stud. You just hear Dan talk about that. And it's true. I mean, here's a guy. Oh, God. Now I'm doing Chris Collins. Right? Now, I did last guy, week. Now here's a guy who gets his leg rolled up on. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop. Uh, basically, his leg gets rolled up on. You're like, oh, God. First Jonah, now Frank. Oh, this can't happen. He comes back out. And you're watching him. And on that touchdown by Craig Reynolds against Vita Vea, a good defensive tackle. He's on one knee, okay, blocking for that touchdown. On one knee to do that. That was impressive. And they kept wanting to check on him. And Melissa Stark had a really good report about it. Doctors were trying to check on him. And he, he's like, no, no, like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then Dan goes over, hey, you okay? Yeah, all right. You know, just like how we know Dan would do it. You good? All right, let's go. And Taylor, I watched the video last night about it. Taylor got emotional talking about Frank. Like, because if Frank feels like he leaves, he feels bad. Like, he does not want to have that happen. I mean, Justin, I remember telling you the story. This is a guy who underwent surgery before the Denver game. He's going under the anesthetic, and he tells Campbell he's going to play against Denver. I mean, that just tells you, if you're looking for grit, that's who Frank Ragnow is. Frank the Tank, Warrior. Now that Jason Kelsey's retired, the best center in the league resides in Detroit. Period, point blank, end of story. And I echo those sentiments and agree wholeheartedly. Frank is just, I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And the Lions are going to have a Hall of Fame offensive lineman when you thought, is that ever going to happen? Like, you know, in this era, I'm going to go with, Derek Barnes for that uh, ceiling interception plus four total tackles and one pass defended. Uh, you can get this award for one play, and really that that's game clinching. Get your get your team to the NFC Championship game, and his story is great. You know he's a, a fourth round pick, and you know just part of that first twenty twenty one. Uh, draft class and that's my shout out is that entire draft class because all but one still on the team and have all made plays significantly for this team and if you want to call it the foundation that they laid out in 2021 you can see starting to pay off and it's good to see it's so exciting we'll talk about some injuries a signing and the 49ers because we're moving on to championship week time before we dive into the 49ers proper i'd like to talk about some injuries uh we know jonah got hurt in that game didn't come back reports are he had surgery uh i, I don't know if it was kyle meineke or, or justin rogers that asked the question and they were saying it kind of sounds like it's what frank went through earlier in the season here 
and that's just reports. We don't know if that's true or not, but he could come back if there is another game and we get to the where we want to be, uh, possibly. But for now, it looks like we're going to be going with Yodi, possibly. I mean, unless the Lions have something else. And then, you know, they're not going to say that until you know, you're going to see that at game time. They're not going to give away anything. Uh, also, Brock Wright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach did the reporting as eligible. We don't know who will be reporting as eligible. Um, <laughs> I thought this meant Skip was going to also play too. Oh, the, the, also be guard. Skip, yeah, they have put Skip in at guard in the past. Don't know if they're going to do that because they like to put him as the eligible. Also, Brock Wright. You hate to see it. This tight end room, uh, you know, was already hurt. With that, the Lions added somebody. Who is that somebody, Zach? Hurts. <laughs> there we go. The Lions signed Zach Ertz. Zach, you have a player uh, with your name on the team. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Well, Zach Zunner. No, oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. So you've had yeah, a, that's like, so there's multiple Zachs. I've never had a job. Well, here's here's the difference, though. I think those guys spell it Z A C H. They don't spell it Z A C K. So <laughs> that's true. That's what I'll say there. But man, he got released from the Cardinals. This is a big move because the tight end, our tight ends coach Steve Hyden was in Arizona, okay, under Cliff Kingsbury, where you know Ertz had come in and spent the last couple of seasons there. Well, Ertz wanted to go somewhere and win. And the consensus is, well, maybe he'll go back to Philly. You know, maybe it was gonna because I think Dallas Goddard had gotten hurt at the time. So maybe there was a reunion there. Heck, many people thought Baltimore. Because with Mark Andrews out, it was like, okay, what do we do? Now Isaiah likely has come out of nowhere for them. So for him to come to us is huge because, man, you think about it, we've lost James Mitchell. You know, Wright gets hurt. Laporta's, he's holding his own. He is holding his own. But he's probably still hurt. So we need some him, depth there for sure. But you signed him to the practice squad. Now you bring him in, and you talk about a guy. He's won a Super Bowl. Okay, this is a guy who has been at the top of the mountain with Philly. So you've got a guy who's got that experience. And I probably imagine they did go up to Steve Hyden and were like, hey, tell us more about him. Like, tell us more about Ertz. And probably laid everything out, and it's like, well, that's good enough for us. So and then you look, can see his body of work as well. I know he's 34. I wouldn't expect him to come out and like score two touchdowns this game. No, but, but you know, he could be a factor. He could come in with a catch or so it just how well, and he's not going to be acclimated to the offense yet. So temper expectations, but Hey, it's good to see that people are saying it. He's ring chasing with the Detroit lions. I mean, Dalvin cooks ring chasing with the Ravens. Yeah. So I that's mean, it's to say that's not a negative. I'm just saying it. Wow. People are ring choosing chase. the Lions to ring chase is the big – that's the headline I ne- there. <laughs> I never thought you would utter the phrase, ring chasing with the Lions. I never thought I would hear that phrase, especially you saying that phrase. It's happening. I, We're our game is, away from the Super Bowl. But first, <laughs> we got some business to tend to, but I, I don't – I don't want to do this. I don't want to put, I I don't want to pour water on the fire. I don't. But we got to go, we got to go do some gold mining. We got to go take care of some business. We, 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 we got, we got to take care of some business. We got to shut Levi's down. We're going to party out there. 
We're going to Santa Clara. We're going to make. We're going to get our revenge because I got news for the 49ers. This is not the Lions you saw three years ago. No, no. This is a much improved team. Also, not the 49ers we saw three years ago because uh, who started that game? A oh, one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance had some gadget plays coming in as a rookie. Both of those guys are gone. Enter Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. And they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Okay, they didn't have him, you know, in the backfield. So now it's like, oh, well, we could do this with him. We could do this, this. And what other injury update? Debo Samuel got hurt in that game against the Packers. A 50-50 chance. He does not play against the Lions. Something to monitor, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Because you imagine if Debo doesn't play, that takes out a good chunk of their playbook. Because then you really just start going, all right, let's focus on to, you know these weapons. Yeah, and I think what we need to look at is Green Bay kind of laid out a blueprint. They ran the football well. I don't know Jones's final stats there, but he was running with power, purpose. He's the first. I think they put the graphic up. He's the first running back to to have a 100-yard game against the Niners defense in like the last, I think they said 51 games. That's unbelievable, the way they're doing it. So when you consider the defensive coordinators that have come through there from, you know, Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans, now you have Steve Wilkes. It's like, man, you talk about those guys and what they were doing and how they were making it happen. That's, That's pretty impressive. I mean, and the passing game was open too, and they were getting some pass interferences called against them. We, we haven't really touched on it, but Green Bay really choked away that game. Uh, they had it. We could be hosting, uh, you know, an NFC Championship game right now. We were this close to it happening. Uh, and I, Brock Purdy was getting pressured. The 49ers did not look good. Now, I know you can't bank on that happening twice in a row. No. But. I gotta say the Lions have the talent to to get there. Uh, you know, if we do this free rushing or this blitzing that we've been doing, and we can get home against Purdy, he's not, you know, Lamar Jackson where he's gonna burn no. us with the the run or you know he's not even as mobile as Baker. I don't think you know. But other offensive line, outside of Trent Williams, who many will regard. As the best tackle in the league. And I can't wait to see what Hutch does against them. Justin, you look at their offensive line, it's a bunch of, it's some no-names. Because the guys they had last year, they had Mike McGlitchie was the right tackle. Good. He left and went to Denver in free agency. They had a guy by the name of Daniel Brunskill who's an interior, he was a guard. He left to go to Tennessee. So you look at their O-line, and it isn't, like I said, outside of Trent Williams, they're not world beaters. Okay, they are not in the Lions area. The biggest strength the Lions have is that offensive line, but what this really could be is strength on strength. You have that Lions O-line, and it'll be interesting to see how Yodi does, because look at that front four that the Niners have. You start with the reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. That's right. Another guy out of Ohio State, and it's another Bosa brother that just can wreck havoc on you. In the middle at D-tackle, they have Eric Armstead, who's a former first-round pick like Bosa. Uh, they have Javon Hargrave, who they brought in from Philly. And then their defensive end, 
on the other side, they got two former first-round picks. One of them is Cleveland Farrell, who was with the Raiders, but the other is a guy a lot of Lions fans wanted at the trade deadline. And, and a lot of people are like, why did Brad go get this guy? Why did he do this? And it's Chase Young. Man, I don't – you don't really hear much about him since he got traded to San Francisco. Now, I get he's going to be a free agent coming in this next year, but, man, it's like he hasn't had the impact that Montez Sweat had in Chicago. That's not, the best way I'll put it. Not jumping off the page. At least he didn't during the Packer game whatsoever. This is the opportunity, and you know that NCDC is going to have these guys ready. You know Aaron Glenn's going to have these guys ready. Debo playing or not playing is huge because obviously Debo not playing is is you know might have been what what caused them to have a poor offensive day for all I know. I mean he is a he's a major like superstar. It just you know, you want to shut him down. Before we get to your X factors, I want to get to a little bit of history. And I sent you this. This is courtesy of the Pro Football Hall of Fame on on Twitter. It's been 66 years since the Lions won a playoff road game. That win came against the 49ers in San Francisco to advance to the 1957 NFL championship game uh, where they would beat the Browns. And that was, of course, the last time the Lions won an NFL championship. Now, 66 years later, I'm asking you, can it happen again? There's that old cliche, though, any given Sunday. I mean, we've said it. Packers beat Dallas. Was that supposed to happen? No. Were the Chiefs supposed to go into Buffalo and win? No. Quite a bit of people didn't think it was supposed to happen, but it did. All the defense has to do, sorry to cut you off, is keep everything in, fr- in, in front of them and play like they've been playing these playoffs, which the offense is going to get theirs at points. But yeah. shut down when you need to and make those key plays and get your offense back on the field because I believe the offense can move the ball on this 49ers defense. It just does not scare me like it did originally when I was thinking about it. I think we can move the ball on them. Well, here here's what it is from the first two playoff games. You take one guy out of the game plan, okay, they did it against the Rams with Cooper Cup. Here they did it against the Bucs with Chris Godwin. What's the problem, though? The guy on the other side could go off. Puka Nakua did it. Mike Evans did it. Now, they got a good receiver, Brandon Ayuk. That's a guy that could certainly do some things. But that's what scares you is, okay, if we're going to take, let's say Debo's not playing. This is using this as an example. We've got to neutralize McCaffrey. We've got to contain Kittle. So what are you going to do about Ayuk? What are you going to do about Juwan Jennings? What are you going to do with about all these receivers? That's the thing that scares me. But it's bend, don't break. That's how we got to look at it. And like you said, keep everything in front of you. Create a couple takeaways because you do not want to play from behind against the San Francisco team. That's what everybody says. Don't play from behind against them because then you are you get down 21 nothing out there in the first quarter. You're looking up going, all right, how do we get back in this? We need some bounces to go our way. Going to stink, though, because Cleet Blakeman's rough in this game. So there's that. Um, but I just think, are they capable of doing it? Yes. I mean, even Rich Eisen said it the other day, which I appreciate him saying it. 
Why can't this team do it? Like, they asked the question, is there one team who could go in to San Francisco and do it? He put it out there, and he's like, why can't it be the Lions? And I said it last week. Why can't this be us? Why can't it be us? Because it comes down to three words, Justin. Detroit versus everybody. And you know what? I think plenty of people are going to pick this game. Us to us to win this game. I think. I but think we love. But we love being that underdog. And I don't. We yeah, love being in that true. role. Nobody. When it's Detroit versus everybody, and when nobody's giving us that chance, that's when we thrive. That's MCDC when we silence the critics. Yeah, and that's where I think he's going to use it as motivation. Talk about some X factors for the 49ers though, Zach. Yeah, this is. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Couple of guys I, I mentioned when we were going through this, and because I get it, the Niners are loaded. I mean, they are loaded. We talk about how loaded the Ravens are. I mean, the Niners. Everybody says it. Look at the talent on that roster. So, first guy I mentioned was Brandon Ayuk because of what I was saying is if you start taking all these guys out, whether it is McCaffrey, Debo is playing. You know, they take out Kittle. Okay, so who's got Ayuk? Who's gonna who, who are you gonna put him up against? At times I want to see Brian Branch up against him. At times I want to see CJ go up against him. Like you got to have a body on him because you do not want to have it where you know he gets in the open field and can make those plays. You know, and that's going to be important. So they've got to do a really good job in that area. Now on defense, like I said, I could have sat here and said, "Hey, Bosa." Armstead. Heck, I could go with their safety, Hafaga, who's really good. But I went with arguably I hate to do this. I'm sorry, Lions. I hate to do this because I think Anceloni's great and I think Jack Campbell's great. When people ask this question, the best middle linebacker right now in the NFL, you're looking for that one answer. People will still say Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's getting up there in age. He's no longer that. DeMario Davis in Tampa. Well, let me go ahead and say maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe. I, I don't I don't know. Can't really try to depict it. No, the best middle linebacker in the NFL, period barred on, it's Fred Warner for the Niners. Think about this. Guy was a second round pick. He has developed into one of the best in the league. And a lot of respect that players have for him. The way he'll diagnose things, the way he does certain things, can see certain coverages. Man, I I talk about all the time. I love watching. Film. I love watching how linebackers will look, how they get guys set, like, hey, like how Luke Keekley used to do it for the Panthers back in the day, how guys will just, they'll look at it, and they're just like, they're a student of the game, and they'll just look, and it's like, oh, running back's going to do this, or they're going to do it. Like, I love when they do that. It's so cool to watch. Fred Warner is getting into that upper echelon, and it's an amazing thing. You know, drafted as a part of this John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan regime for as much as we talk about Brad and Dan are doing what John and Kyle have done is the big. And you think about if they fall short again in the NFC Championship, man, <laughs> three straight years they will have gone and three straight years. It's like the Bills going into the divisional round. They just can't take that next step. And I don't want to say their championship window is going to be closing here for San Francisco, but it's like, what if? Which leads me to my third question, to our third and final question, Justin, which is this. Which line will you be watching for in the NFC Championship game? Well, I alluded to it. 
when I said the running game needs to be on point, Packers were able to run on them. It's got to be Monty and Gibbs. Can we get the running game going? Obviously, offensive line, we know there's going to be a question mark going in there, you know, with the injury and with, you know, Frank's health too. Can we continue on? Can we push on? Can we continue to run the ball like we have all year? That'll catapult us to the Super Bowl, Zach. And I can't believe I'm saying those words. We win this game. We are in the Super Bowl. One win away. From us coming out of these microphones going, we're going to the Super Bowl! <laughs> I don't know how we're going to react, but it, it will be fun. You're, you're not going to want to miss it. We'll be here win or lose, though. Let's just all have positive vibes here. We are we're going to be on here talking about the Super Bowl, and hey, you know, we got to be positive. I'm not going to say, or I'm not going to talk about the other conference and who's left. We'll talk about that when it happens. But lots of fun. It's it's a. I mean, the fact that we're this is our second year podcasting and we're enjoying this. It's just been great, and let's just enjoy the NFC Championship game, Championship Sunday. It's going to be a good one. Sometimes our social medias are dark because we, we, we literally like to watch and focus. Uh, Zach, where can they find us? So if you do want to follow us, here's where you can go. Uh, search for us on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Search the Lionscape Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Also recommend to your friends and family as well. If you are on Facebook, you can search uh, by groups. Just go into the group section on Facebook. Just search the Lionscape Podcast. We're up there. That's where we'll be posting all of our episodes. If you're on X, if you're one of those rare people that are on X, uh, you can follow us there at Lionscape Pod. Also, we're on YouTube. Search the Lionscape Podcast there. That is where you can find all of our socials. Man, I'll, man, I'll fire it up this for uh, Sunday. I, I am. I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. Let's 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 do it. Let's get let's just go buy some tickets. Get on a plane to Santa Clara and let's go. Let's pack the bags. Uh, I don't know if I have that kind of scratch, but uh, you're paying. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. We have jobs too. So how's yeah, our think well, about yeah. yeah. Let's let's just enjoy it on our couches, and we'll see you on the other side when we enter the Lions Cave.